Welcome to the See Also podcast. I'm your host, Leah Wethington, and with me as always is Kayla Thompson. Hey, everybody. What's up, Kayla? Leah's alive this week, finally. Do I, do I sound, I'm also, You actually I'm, sound fine. Do I, I feel I like sound I sound a, a little sexy. You got, you got a little A little throaty, husk. A little. But, but you don't sound terrible. Okay. You don't sound like you're dying, so. I, at least I can breathe through my nostrils now. Yeah, that's a plus. Which was, uh, was a serious problem for about, mm, nine days. Right. Yeah, we didn't record last week, so we just posted our seance show that we didn't post during Halloween. Yeah, so was, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. It was a lost um, episode. Yeah, uh, Leia's been real fucking sick. It's been impressive. <laughs> I don't, I don't get like uh, an every year flu, but about every like five or so years, and it always coincides with like a very particular type of uh, uh, ongoing career issue mm-hmm. that just I'll I'll get a cold, turns into the flu. Uh, some bullshit happens at work. And then I am just like hilariously ill. It was, it at one point I was like, you know, you're being a real drama queen about this <laughs> because I was sick for a week and then I got better for like a day during the weekend. Yeah. I feel great. No. Well, me and David <laughs> went to Target and then I just started feeling shitty again. And then uh, I think I got pneumonia. I'm pretty sure you did. And then, um, just like the shit cherry on top of the used tampon Sunday was I got like two gigantic painful fever blisters yeah on my mouth so eating talk just existing has been bad you know um it's only uphill from here I, it the fucking better be <laughs> I hope I don't get anything right now uh, man this whatever I had that sucked a dick and it's finally Friday so I'm really fucking stoked about that mm-hmm. and we're getting closer to Christmas and then we can be done with this hell we, month. Yes. Yes. Moving forward. <laughs> that should be the theme for 2018 is just moving forward. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if I, I think that my exuberance to just like have some sort of milestone to be finished with 2017 during New Year's. I want to have a rager this year and I want to see if I can just smash the champagne bottle directly over my head after drinking the whole thing in one All sitting. Right. I wish you luck. Because I'll either die or render myself <laughs> so, so unaware of my Hopefully surroundings that up. I can have some fucking peace. Maybe you'll wake up in uh, 20, what is it going to be? 2019, 2020. And everything in the past four years will just Everything's be Everything's fixed. It's all fixed. It's all fixed. The Great Barrier <laughs> Reef is fine. Fossil fuels are no longer an There's issue. There's a woman president. <laughs> I have a Hugo Award. It'll be amazing. Holy shit, what are we doing this week, Kayla? Um, it was my pick this week, mm-hmm. and I decided to choose Kids Who Kill, which I'm kind of glad we had this two-week time frame yeah, we, to... We had uh, time to read stuff. <laughs> we did have time to read stuff, and I got very emotional about the one that I was reading. Yeah, because you really picked one, and then you went deep into it. I went it. deep into it, and it, I, I, it's just, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, trigger warning for all you folks out there trigger warning this one's going to be about kids doing really bad bad stuff stuff to other kids yeah and it was it was really hard i had to take a good day and a half break yeah from researching because i just had read the murder part and then i was like i have to stop yeah i even looked at matt i was like i have to i have to walk away from this i have to do something else Mm -hmm. because this is real fucking real yeah (laughs) did you ever see the uh this is 
I don't mean to like take a, a dramatic detour from your no. genuine like emotional reaction, but did you try watching the Netflix Kids Who Kill show? I didn't try watching that one. It is it is hilariously overdone. It it Aww. it looks like a dare video, <laughs> which which is funny until you're like. These are real stories that mm-hmm. happen to people. Like some of these right. people are either still alive or like they're Ugh. the the loved ones of, you know, the murdered. But there was this one episode I'm watching. It was it was about a teen Satan cult. And it's like there was this, this shot of these like youths, white, young white male youths listening youths. to. And, it, and it's like the super dramatic uh, dude voiceover like and the kids got or no, what was it? The young men got together to listen to the band Slayer and smoke some pot. (laughs) And they're all in leather jackets, by the way. Every single one of them, they've got kind of like the long, like early 90s hair. And they're like, they're smoking a doom and they're like going through their Slayer records. (laughs) Like they're about to put on some Black Sabbath, like worship the devil, kill a teenage girl. Oh my God. And it, it, they actually did this thing. They actually committed like just some sort of weird teenage boy hazing satanic murder mm-hmm. and and it's portrayed hilariously because the bedroom was sort of almost like it, it looked like the mom had decorated the bedroom but then the teenage son you know is starting to I'm assert paint his, the walls black yeah fuck you mom so it's like you you want to watch it but it's so it's so chintzy did you ever follow the case of the the two girls that had killed Another, I think it was just one other girl, and they said that the Slender Man had told them to. You do know it. what's funny is that we've had two weeks to do this one, mm-hmm. and I haven't even looked seriously into that. And but I know about either. it, but I didn't even look it up. There yeah. were like certain ones that I wanted to hit right. first. Yeah, I I haven't read a lot about that one, but I just kind of remember skimming it over and going mm-hmm. somewhere. Your parents had done you wrong because you thought that was real. Somebody did you wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Because see, that that age range too, it's from so when weird. you're like eleven to like fourteen, mm-hmm. is such a shitty age range to be in because you just don't know. Yeah, and you have all these feelings and all these emotions and all these hormones going through your body. You have no power, and if you don't have a good outlet for it, you're gonna find yeah. the bad thing to do. If you've if you've been isolated, right. And you have an over, maybe you've got like, I don't know, some like latent mental illness thing going. Cause mm-hmm. like I was a fucking weirdo. Right. From the ages of 11 to, I mean now, but like from, <laughs> from like 11 to about, I want to say probably 16, I was a barely socialized animal. Well, and that age range too is that's where you're kind of making your mark in mm-hmm. your school. Like relationship and life yeah because when you're in elementary school it's just like i'm a fucking recess and eat my lunch and be a weird kid because i can be a weird kid i'm a kid i'm a fucking kid as long as you don't belt another child with like a with like a toy train yeah and you share and you have some apple juice you're generally fine but but by the time that you hit you know once once you're 11 it's like you can't just recuse yourself from a lot of stuff anymore Mm mm-hmm and a, a lot of the ones that I picked out that I want to talk about are in that sort of 11 to 13 age range. Um, well, one of the, the ones that I wanted to talk about, because I remember reading voraciously about mm. this around the time it happened, because I was I was a little bit too young to really like be reading the Newsweek with any mm-hmm. kind of like acuity. Um, but do you remember a kid named Eric Smith? 
Um, so this was a name. I mean, that's pretty pretty generic. It is a very name. generic name. Actually, hang on. I want to show you a picture of him and see if you remember who he is. I might from the picture. Yeah. Because um, I didn't remember his name mm. until I saw the picture. And then I was like, holy fuck. Yes, what, I do remember What time that. frame are we talking? Uh, this was when we were probably, I want to say 10-ish. Okay. He was kind of in our in our peer group. Okay. Do you recognize him? He looks familiar now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll post pictures of, of... Well, he's a natural redhead, he, so he's got that going for he, him. He is, and I, I am sorry to say it like this, a bullyable looking kid. Yeah. He's got he's got low set ears. He's got kind of like the overbite. Mm. He's bright fire engine red ginger hair and he's got yeah. he's got the glasses and I had glasses like this too. Yeah. During that time frame, people put uh children in the ugliest fucking glasses. They're Phil Donahue glasses. Yeah, they they like <laughs> they, for some reason they dip all the way down under right. the chin chin cheekbone and I don't know why they've made them or like Jeffrey that. Or Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. One, yes. One of the two. Like <laughs> Yeah, um b- bit of a bit of a bummer. Um, but Eric Smith, uh, he was 13 when he committed his murder and I kind of want to hold him up next to another really, uh, probably arguably one of the most famous, like child murderers, which Mm -hmm. is a child who murders, um, is Mary Bell. Yes. Uh, who was an English girl who murdered a couple of boys. Was that in the 60s? That was early. It was, it was 50s maybe. I've, I've got it in here. Um, but let's talk about Eric yeah. Smith first, because I, I seriously, I had forgotten about that case until I, I was reading like the basic information and then I pulled up his photo and it all came rushing back. So Eric Smith, uh, he was a kid from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have a super great social life. His family was okay, but he was, he was really bullied. He also yeah. had some, um, like learning disabilities, which is really difficult of for a course. child because it's like you got to yeah. get them diagnosed and then you have to deal with them. For and the rest back of your life. then, they probably didn't diagnose oh, correctly no, or yeah. treat and correctly as well. And then you get made fun of even more. Right. Like, so, here's your drugs, take more drugs. Nobody likes you, here's your drugs. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you can't go outside and play. You have right. to go to yeah. math tutoring. You have to go take drugs. <laughs> yeah. You have to take drugs and go to math tutoring and then take drugs at math tutoring. Yeah, yeah let's see. So the, the date of the murder was August 2nd, uh, 1993. Okay. Um, there was a. Uh, a uh, young boy in the neighborhood. I mean, basically his neighbor named Derek Robbie, um, four years old. And I know very, very young, you know, as, as a 13 year old boy too. I mean, this is yeah. not, this is not a stranger. It's a kid from the neighborhood. He knows. Right. And he's fucking four. So Eric Smith pretty much lures him into the woods to like, you know, promise a playing or to show him something mm-hmm. cool, whatever. Um, and Eric Smith, I'll be brief. Eric Smith smashes his head with a rock, um, drops another one on his head, uh, strangles him, um, and, like, sodomizes him with a stick, which is just, I mean, it was just, like, this rage, you know? It was, like, a complete rage killing. Mm -hmm. He smashed the banana that was in the lunch bag because uh, Derek Robbie had his lunch with him. Yeah. Uh, And it didn't take very long for everything to come out. Uh, Eric Smith was actually he was one of those people who commits a murder and goes into the police station and says, do you need help? I think I can help. He's not exactly a uh, secret squirrel here. Yeah. Um, the cops pretty quickly as they're like, as he's taking them around the neighborhood and he's, he's pretty excited cause he's getting mm-hmm. a lot of attention. Yeah. That's the thing is that they want the attention. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. as Eric Smith is like taking them around the neighborhood and, and 
making up shit that doesn't fully mesh together. The cops are like, they they think he knows something. They yeah. definitely, definitely think he knows something. Even his family, like Eric Smith's family, was pretty certain. But nobody thinks that a kid would have the capability yeah. of doing something like what that. What their assumption right. was, was that he did see something and he was scared, so he was trying to, to say something, but maybe he had yeah. been threatened by the man that killed Robbie. Like, the one of the... Uh, the family members, because the whole, this was like a close-knit community. Yeah. It's a very, very small town in, in upstate New York. People were discussing and trying to figure out who could have possibly done this. Mm-hmm. And there was one woman who was like, I think it's a child because if it was an adult, they would have just discarded the banana. Right. A kid destroys a food that he doesn't like to eat. And it's sort of slow. And the fucking banana thing came up later. I mean- that's a smart thing to like. Well, this the the you know what I mean to know and to think and to yeah. say. Well, the um one of the the women you know the kids were the families were all trying to be together. Um, one of the women went out and got Sunday stuff, mm-hmm. and while she was making them, she was like, um, you know, do you want chocolate and bananas and whipped cream? He's like, I want chocolate and whipped cream, but you know, no bananas. I fucking hate bananas. He didn't say fucking. I did. Um, It'd be great if he said fucking though. Yeah. Uh, so then the, the, the woman was like, I can't remember the relation. I think it was like an aunt or something. She, yeah. she just got this chill down her spine. So they pretty much convince Smith to like, they go back into the police with, he goes back in with his mom and his dad, you know, like the family's there. They're all yeah. there trying to like support him because they right. think that he's been terrorized. And finally he gets caught in a, in a fib and they yeah. like during questioning him, he just breaks and he admits to it. And it was a... Like, just really ugly trial. It was a horrible, horrible murder. Yeah. And it's like... I mean, you have to think he, about, like, four years old. They they don't know any better. They're going to follow you. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we, we try to instill into our children, don't talk to strangers, don't talk to strangers. But when it's another when it's neighborhood another kid, kid... Yeah, it's another kid, and it's, and it's somebody who you know. Like, you see them in the neighborhood. Right. They're not an unknown entity. Total side tangent. Last night, we, I was working an event, and... This these moms came up with their sons and they were looking at our table and trying mm-hmm. trying to meet and whatever and they were super sweet and that boy had to have been like maybe four or five mm-hmm. and he quietly comes up to me and I had like pens sitting there and he grabbed a pen he's like excuse me how much is this pen and I just go well for you it's free and his face just like lit up uh-huh. and all I could think about was like you're so young and tiny yeah. and because we've been researching this and it's like how I don't understand how you're like, someone could think I know. what you're doing is okay I know it's like that um, whole other side tangent, that case that just came out, I think it was in Florida, where the stepdad killed the three-year-old girl, and apparently he had been uh, assaulting her for yeah. years, and it's disgusting. Yeah, I know. But I know. It's, it's, it is a... It is such a... There's always that, that visceral feeling you get when you see someone who is so vulnerable... You know, who will, I mean, probably that little boy's going to be fine for the rest of his life. Yeah. But then you think about like a three-year-old girl who who can do nothing, literally nothing, mm-hmm. literally nothing. No, I mean, I was that kid too that would like say hi to strangers when I was in the store with my parents. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. I didn't know any better, but my parents were like, don't talk to strangers, don't talk to strangers, mm-hmm. you know? And I can just see how impressionable yeah. little children are. Yeah. And it sucks when other kids take advantage of that yeah and it's it's one of those things where i as as somebody who was i i think bullied a little bit more outside yeah. of what's normal i mean with right. some of the things that kids did to me that was that was pretty extreme 
So I I understand how it could happen. I can yeah. I can understand how somebody who does is not very well equipped to deal with their feelings to begin with would snap and take this out on a weaker person. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's shit rolls downhill right. is what it is. But you know, and he's thirteen. <sighs> yeah, that's a rough all the fucking all the fucking hormones I, mm. it falls into this territory where for me it's like you know murder is wrong you know stealing right. is wrong you know murder is mm-hmm. wrong you know you don't you don't put your hands on people and he he didn't come from a family that was you know violent it's not like you know we we read about some killers who grew up in an environment where it's like that's all they saw for a long time yeah. i i see how it could happen he was sentenced to the maximum term that was available for juvenile murders a uh, minimum of nine years to life in prison in 1994. Now, every two years, he's up for parole. Um, he is, I believe, 46? He's 37. Okay. So he's not that terribly much older than us. No. Yeah, every every two years um, and every two years, it's like the Robbie family has to go and make their case for keeping him in. Fucking hey. They just have to relive that every two, it's, two years. It's... This is what what really threw me about this case is it's it's not just not just the the murder and how horrific it was mm-hmm. and how violent. I mean, he he defiled that little boy. Yeah. Because he couldn't get his own shit together. But then you take into account his actual age. Mm-hmm. And then you take into account every 2 years. Yeah. And he he has he's been like what I he's he's shown remorse. He's written very specific mm-hmm. things like trying to explain what happened yeah. with him when he was a, a young man. And one of the things that he said during his, because I was reading some of the parole uh, hearing transcripts, was he was like, the, the Eric that did that is dead now. He basically respectfully asked for clemency, you know, yeah. every two years. And it's, he's been in there for what? Can you do that math in your head? No. <laughs> uh, 93. If he was sentenced, yeah, if 20, he was sentenced in 94, so that was... 20, no. He's still in prison. Yeah, he is still in so prison. So it's 24 years. Okay. Um. Yeah, when is he up for... So, okay, so okay. So he got the nine-year sentence, right? Mm-hmm. And then after the nine years, they keep him more? How, how does that work? Well, fuck me. I can't seem to figure out how that works. I, I, I don't. Think... I don't know how it works either. Okay. Yeah, we're not lawyers. We we yeah. just we just sort of <laughs> fell down a rabbit hole but, on but our phone. But he's phones. still in prison. Yes. But there maybe maybe things happened in prison too, and why he had to no, stay. No, 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 okay. no. They they really didn't. Um. So I believe now this is just me spitballing. Like I said, me and Kayla just like she's gonna have to edit out about like ten minutes of us trying to find like a succinct <laughs> definition of like how this worked. Um, I think what it is is that he was sentenced for definitely nine years and then they would reevaluate and then and then it's the parole board hearings okay. every two years because every two years for a parole yeah. board hearing seems pretty quick right. for a murder right. of that vol yeah. of that scale you know what I mean but maybe they were having a little leniency since he was so young maybe that's what know. I'm wondering um he has he has been refused at every single yeah. um hearing. Does, and is that technically like try it as an adult then? I honestly you know, don't know. I don't understand. I don't. Understand I, don't shape. I, I think. Uh, bad with that. Actually, I think. And he, my story is from the UK, so I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. I know, and then we're really in the dark. Uh, if he was trying as an adult, um, I, yeah, because of how violent the crime yeah. was, um, they did try him as yeah. an adult. 
So I think that had a factor too. It was yeah. sort of riding the line a little that bit. That makes sense to me. It does. Yeah. It does. Um, and like I said, I mean, 13 is, mm. that that was premeditated. I mean, yeah. he, he planned to do that. He would like to work with like kids who bully and bullied kids. Um, he's said he wished that they could switch places. Uh, yeah. I, I just read an article that was a little bit breathless. It's it's making a... It's a, such a hard... It's such a hard line for me to cross and to understand sometimes. Like, part of me wants to be like, okay, that's great. That There's, there's not... But it still just doesn't take back what you did. Well, and see, this is what I I was really struggling with as because I was just trying to, like, devour everything about him as mm-hmm. he'd been in prison. Um, okay, so... If the idealistically, it does not, we do not live in this world, right. but idealistically, re, you know, the way it should be is that the interest of the law is justice. Mm-hmm. So what, what is real justice? Like not just legal justice, right. not just following the letter of a law, which is what's going to make people. you feel good about this situation being done afterwards or feeling yeah. like it has at least been resolved, right. that there has been a resolution. So on one hand, because he was 13 and because I do think he had some very, very severe mental problems. And I think he did. I think he was getting treatment while right. he was in jail. Um, because of that and the length of time that he's been in, it's almost 25 years. Mm-hmm. I don't think that as an adult, he would be violent. Yeah. I don't think. Now I don't I don't know this he was diagnosed yeah. with intermittent explosive disorder which is sort of the problem is that the explosions mm-hmm. are intermittent and you right. can't plan for it. Um so there's that. Now on the other hand you have this family who don't have one of their little boys anymore. Right. Who also has to go and no they don't want his ass out. Right. Like I, it's it's a pretty tall order to ask them to just be like okay I feel like he's had enough. Right. You know it's like how much well, they've already kind of dealt with the grief of basically losing that son, too. And so it's almost like it, it seems a bit cruel to me for them to have to go do this every two years. It was one where I couldn't really, like, like if I was a judge and I, I could immediately, like, make a decision right. about the whole situation. I don't, I can't really. That's hard. That's I can't a really. a tough job to have. Especially with cases like this. Yeah. It's, it's real tough. Because it's it's another one of those situations where it's like. And I, I can't really regard the situation without bias because mm-hmm. of my childhood. You smashed a four-year-old boy's head open with a rock, yeah. you know? I I don't... Right. Like, what do you think? Like, do you think 25 years with with the appropriate level of remorse and and stated intent with plans to back that up? I still have an issue to I atone. I, yeah. there, there's still it's not it's not like a direct answer like oh yeah sure give him a chance it's like I don't know yeah I don't know if it's a good idea or not and it's not even I it's, mean I want I would love to give him the benefit of the doubt yeah. and I would love to think that maybe um, this has resolved some sort of issue within him but mm-hmm. then again like with my case it's not that great yeah I got let out so. Well, and I, okay, so the other case, let me, I, yeah. I, I had like, as I, no, I no, was, no, no, it's fine. as I was laying, uh, like coughing my guts out and just leaking from every orifice, as you were sinking into your mattress, I had, leak. I had enough time to uh, decide that I had a big fucking thesis statement. <laughs> so if this is a little shaky, I have been doing a lot of drugs right. to go to sleep. Okay. So Eric Smith, mm-hmm. every two years up for parole, it's a night every time. Yeah. Horribly violent crime. Right. 
So Mary Bell, yeah. which I'm assuming if you're listening to the show. 68. 68, you mm-hmm. looked it up. Mary Bell, for anybody listening to the show, I'm assuming that you like true crime and mm-hmm. shit. You've probably heard of her. Um, she was 11 yeah. at the time that she committed her murders, and she did it with an accomplice, a, a friend of hers who was mm-hmm. kind of a, a weaker you know, pushover right? Um, named Norma Bell, which they were not related, just same last name. Now, the neighborhood that she grew up in, which was... She was born in an area called uh, Scottswood, and it is in fucking English goddamn shitstown. New, uh, Newcastle? Newcastle upon, upon the Tyne. Tyne. Yeah. Tyne and Ware, England, United Kingdom. That's the full address. So the neighborhood she was born born in in Scottswood was very, very economically depressed. It was absolutely yeah. poverty-stricken. Um, there used to be factories there. There were a lot of pubs. Um, I started watching a documentary that was extremely difficult to listen to. I tried uh, listen, like watching it with a transcript, and the accents are so thick, the transcriber <laughs> can't catch it, so it almost was making it worse. Like, French fries came up at one point, and I know for a fucking fact that bitch wouldn't talk about French fries, because <laughs> they don't even call them French fries. They call them tips! I just got sidetracked by that. It, it, was, a very, okay. very, it was a very, very 70s documentary, too. French fries tonight. And one of the, the women in the documentary who was actually like a classmate of Mary Bell's, yeah. she was saying, you know, there was a lot of poverty, but it was in a way very safe. We all did look out for each other and you could leave your door unlocked because we didn't have shit to steal. <laughs> like that was right. literally what she said. You know, we all kind of got along because no one could put on airs. Nobody had any airs to put on. That's it. I remember watching uh, another side tangent. I remember watching like it was 2020 or mm-hmm. something. This was years ago and they were talking about how basically right over the river um, on the East coast, when you cross over to Canada, mm-hmm. ba- people just left their doors open. And one of the reporters was like, we're just going to check on doors and like started going into people's houses and people were like, Oh, Hey, want some water or some tea? Like how nice Canadians yeah, yeah, were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How our country is a little different. Yeah. Um, especially now. <laughs> Canadians now lock their doors. <laughs> yes. No, Canadians, you got some fucked up folks, too. <laughs> so it was a very economically depressed area, mm. and it there there was a lot of pro- lot of drinking for the men. Um, Mary Bell's mother was a prostitute who gave birth to her at 17. So already, that sucks. And Mary Bell was definitely abused by, like, the men that her mother would bring into the house. Of course she was. Like, she she was horribly abused. She yeah. would be just sort of, like, dropped off at her parents. She was abandoned constantly. We talking about the 60s going into the 70s. Like. Oh, yeah. Like, post-war yeah. In, in a... I mean, it was a slum. It was a slum. Yeah. They lived in a slum. Uh, <clears throat> and Mary had, like, an incredibly... She had a really violent temper. Whereas, like, Eric Smith, he was bullied by other children. Like you said, outburst. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I read something, there was evidence that uh, Eric's stepfather had sexually abused his sister. Mm. He says that no, no abuse happened in the family. So, but he sodomized the little boy with a stick, which kind of implies that there was something happening because kids tend to like recreate their traumas. Mary Bell though, Mm. definitely shitloads. Um, I, her mom was like pimping her out. Girl. Uh, it was, it was super, super nasty. Yeah. So like a lot of people who are abused and I feel like this just happens. It's that cycle of abuse that everybody talks about Mm -hmm. where you can fall into the cycle of it. And it's just that for some people, especially for like Mary Bell, I think that cycle just started a lot earlier for her. Mm -hmm. Um, possibly because it was so extreme. So, 
Mary Bell and Norma Bell, um, they were playing with a little boy named Martin Brown um, mm-hmm. on top of an air raid shelter, just, to, you know, just in a, a concrete slag pile. Man, that town sounds great. It, yeah, it was <laughs> very fucking English working class, which is its own... Whoa, shit, was the movie? Billy... Oh, Billy Elliot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Billy Elliot, but, yeah. like, a pro- I think a lot worse, worse. actually. <laughs> Um, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> I know, me too, me too. He just wanted to dance. Just, dance. just wanted to dance. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about Billy Elliot. <laughs> so Mary Bell and Norma Bell are right. running around just being being little bitches, being little being little shits. They chronic lying right. and it, uh, someone but, needs to smack him over the head. Yeah, Mary. Well, probably not. I think somebody <laughs> just needs to remove them from tap. the whole situation <laughs> and just. Give them some like nurturing and like right. reasonable hey, discipline instead of stop instead of being pimped out to grown men. I mean, it would probably it, that's do just them that's some just <laughs> my childcare suggestion. I don't have kids, but but <laughs> like I'm not I'm not an expert, but I feel like I have a few basics covered. So on uh, March 25th of uh, 1968, a couple of boys. Uh, we're just hanging out, playing in an old abandoned house. And this documentary I was listening to, kids just like, just hung out well, it was the, it was the sixties. I think everywhere was like this in the sixties where it was like, get the fuck out of the house, go play. When the streetlights come on, you come back. You don't have any screens to go on. Like you don't have phones or tablets. Yeah. What are you going to do? You did as a kid. You went outside to play. But these two boys find the body of uh, Martin Brown. Mary and Norma Bell had actually followed these boys in. And when the police showed up, to begin their their investigation, they actually had to order them to leave. They didn't want to leave. Crazy. So when the police are are looking around, they couldn't seem to figure out like what the cause of death was. So mm-hmm. they assumed that he had uh, like ingested pills from a discarded bottle that was nearby. Did he not have like no. I'm bruising looking... or anything. No, because uh, Mary Mary Bell was pretty into choking. That was that was her jam. Did they not look at his neck? I don't. I yeah. mean. <laughs> I don't know why. Not only was the town in shambles, the cops were fake. <laughs> so two months later, it was two months before a three-year-old boy named Brian Howell goes missing. Immediately, people started looking, and Mary Bell told Brian's sister that he might be playing on a heap of concrete blocks that had been dumped out nearby in a vacant lot. Uh, I'm reading off of Murder P, by the way. They, you know, they go check. Sure enough. There he is. Um, he had been strangled to death. Uh, his legs and stomach had been mutilated with a razor and a pair of scissors that had been left at the yeah. scene. They figured out pretty fast that it had to have been a child because there was very little yeah. force. Like it, it couldn't have been done by like a fully grown adult. Yeah, that is one thing about kids who kill, at least maliciously. Like I'm mm-hmm. not even talking about gun shootings or anything like that. But like kids who kill. Are awful killers because they leave a shit ton of evidence. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You've got to figure at that age, you haven't really reached long division no. yet. So no. how are you going to fucking hide a crime scene? Right. Unless you're like a super smart kid. But yeah. then you would know that that's wrong. Yeah, Mary and Mary Bell was like a very self possessed. She was very confident mm-hmm. during her trial. She was. She was. I remember that. She was. Yeah. She was very on the ball, and this was part of. Uh, Part of the reason that her accomplice, Norma Bell, was acquitted of all mm-hmm. charges was because she seemed so overawed and so yeah. easily led that that it was her age, definitely. But it was also there was a since like a, a pretty significant personality difference between yeah. the two girls. They, you know, they find the body and the police are asking people about their whereabouts and, you know, generally doing their police job. 
And the uh, stories that the girls were telling were just wildly inconsistent. And right. they, they finally got the truth out. But kids are also terrible liars. <laughs> yeah. So while Norma was acquitted, uh, Mary Bell, she was convicted on two counts of manslaughter, which, you know, manslaughter is less than murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was due to her age. And she, of course, psychologists were like, what else is getting her hands on her? <laughs> she was described as intelli- intelligent, manipulative, and dangerous. First place that she was incarcerated in 1970, she uh, accused one of the warders of indecent assault, which who fucking knows horrible shit right. goes on in there. Um, she had a place that she was incarcerated at in 1977 called Moore Court Open Prison. Which now it really makes sense. Uh, she escaped. She managed to get out. She oh, escaped shit. with another inmate. I don't don't have an open prison. I mean, I mean, have a closed prison. Not not the smartest move. I think what I think what that is, it's like it's for offenders that are like special case, like right. she was. Yeah, but they, she was caught like three days later. It's probably more like a yeah. care center vibe instead of a prison. Mm-hmm. So she was also like big in the tabloids. Um, oh, after bet. after she escaped, uh, she had run off with like a couple of boys. And she gave like this exclusive to one of the tabloids about how she lost her virginity. I don't, I don't know what kind of psychiatric care she had to have been getting. In the seventies, probably not. Not, great. not amazing. And like she was a really big fucking problem child. Mm-hmm. But I always feel weird when these kids are described as like spawn of Satan. They were just born bad. Yeah. And I don't think I agree. Like you know, people do like the nature or nurture. Mm-hmm. It's nature and nurture. Like you, you. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can divorce the two. No. But, I mean, she got birthed into some fucked up circumstances, right. and nobody helped her out. Mm-mm. I mean, that was her life. Basically. Yeah. It was. It was violence and manipulation, mm-hmm. and that's all she knew. And like a rage that she couldn't contain. And that's not. Those are two little boys. I know. You know, it's <clears throat> the age matters and doesn't matter at the same time. Right. But knowing right from wrong and yeah, it's it's a tough it's and a what, tough. And what I wonder is like how situation. much how much right from wrong did she know? Right, because you I mean it's tough because you mm-hmm. feel bad for the victims, but you also feel bad for the murderer because mm-hmm. it they're 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 so young, they're so fucking young. Yeah, I can't I can't help but have like a certain amount of empathy. Yeah. Okay, so. In uh, 1980, she was 23. She yeah. was released from prison. Let's see. So she had served 12 years at that point. She was given a new name. Understandable. To, which, yeah. yeah, I can get it. And she also had a daughter at that point who was born in 1984 when I was born. Okay. And her daughter didn't know about her mother's past until... Mary Bell could, could have been your mom. That's yeah, great. <laughs> uh, and she didn't know about her mom's past or anything, but people yeah. uh, figured out who she was because people knew that she had been right. released. So folks were mm-hmm. were keeping an eye out. Was she in like a program as well? I like, don't think no. She just, she was they just she changed was, her name. Yeah, she was just granted complete. She wasn't living in the same city anymore. Though, right? I don't know. Or... She did move. Okay. She did move, but um, she was. Then that would be really easy for her to get. Well, uh, yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> Eric fucking Smith said that he would go back to this small town in upstate New York if he was released. I'm like, don't go back there, idiots. Where the villagers you, will be waiting with torches. Don't like, go, also, just don't go back there. Don't yeah, go back to where that family no. lives. They don't need to see your fucking ginger ass right. running around. And who's to say that that shit won't bring back memories where you have an outlash again? Yeah, go you know? go somewhere else. Go yeah. somewhere else. 
Like you don't get to go back to I that think neighborhood. That's why he keeps getting denied. Probably he's like, yeah, I place to move back home, and they're like, no, you're fucking not. Yeah, you get to stay here. He needs to be like, oh, I'm gonna go somewhere like far, far away. <laughs> Her daughter's anonymity was only supposed to be protected until she hit 18, but uh, Mary Bell had actually gone to court, um, and she won a high court battle to have her own anonymity and that of her daughter like protected for life, permanently. I mean, that's, I mean, that's nice. Her daughter, like, her daughter doesn't deserve no, shit. Her no. daughter didn't do anything. Absolutely not. The punishing, punishing children for what their parents did is yeah. abhorrent, and if you ever do it, you're, a, you're an idiot. Yes. Because they don't have control over Absolutely the situation. Absolutely not. She is, I believe, still, still anonymous. Um, she had actually written, or uh, excuse me, she was the subject of two books by a woman whose books I really want to read. Um, her name is Gita Sereni. Mm, never heard of her. Uh, she was a German citizen, and she she lived through the war. But she okay. published a lot of um, how do I put this? She published a lot of books about about people who were morally a little on shaky ground. She did a lot with um, proving that there were people within the Reich who knew that the Holocaust had happened. Because I don't know if you remember, for a while yes. they were trying to pretend like they didn't know. Right. And there were there were several people that she covered that she was like, I have documents. They sat at these meetings right. and they talked about it. So she did that, but she also wrote two books about Mary Bell. Uh, the first one was The Case of Mary Bell in 1972, so that was around the time okay. that she was going to be released. Um, and then Cries Unheard, the story of Mary Bell, 1998. Uh, and I was trying to get myself like an audio copy yeah. or a PDF of that, but I, I just couldn't do it in the time and amount of I'd be interested to read it. Yeah, she she seems like a really she's interesting writer. She's got to be writer. like 60 now. Yeah, Mary Bell? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she became a grandmother in 2009. Um, but the 1998 biography, it was based on interviews with relatives and friends and professionals who knew her uh, before, during, and after her imprisonment and that was the one that really went into like the sexual abuse by yeah. her mother yeah and again that's that's sort of like with people who were who did unhinged shit like serial yeah. killers like uh like leonard lake henry lee Lo lucas i always get the two confused for some reason <laughs> like henry lee lucas just started confessing to shit right and he was just making shit up like if all you have is their word mm -hmm. then it's one thing, but it sounds like in this book, it's it, there's like a lot of fact checking and like you know okay. trying trying to find where the truth is and like a lot That's of good. rumor, um, which is how you should do it, uh, you know, on like comics journalism sites. But yeah, I mean, she's she's out, she's living free, and I, I mean, no one's died from what I understand. I would imagine that someone knows exactly who right. she is. There's got to be there's a little. There's got to be someone monitoring her, right? I would imagine. I mean, I mean if... it seems crazy, like how you said she was at trial and everything like that, and what she did. You, you would think that she would be, I don't know, considered a high threat yeah, at I some mean, point, maybe. From, from what I can tell, um, she's still a fucking shitty person. That that just seems to be, it seems to be like a road she was going right. down and she would never really deviate from it a little bit. But on one hand, it's like, okay, she has a daughter. She had to go, she went through high court to mm. get their anonymity secured. She's showing a protective instinct for her daughter that her yeah. own mother didn't have. And who's to say? I don't know where she is. I don't know what yeah. she's doing. She still murdered that kid, or both both two. of those kids. Yeah. Two kids. And uh, one of the the mothers uh, in talking about, you know, Mary Bell getting her anonymity and, and being released from prison, mm -hmm. she's like, it really feels like everybody has forgotten my son yeah. and has become like her her safety and comfort is the number right. one priority and nobody is remembering my boy. 
So that again, what's the justice there? Do you keep someone who had severe issues and that was abused and was failed by a system and did something horrendous at the age of 11 in prison for the rest of their life? Or do you look a parent who has lost their child in the eye and say, the rest of us have decided that we're done here. Mm -hmm. So now you have to be done too, or at least be done to where you're, you're not making any other moves against this person. Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. It's super fucked. So one one that's in jail still and one that is out of jail right. and has been for quite a while. Mine just went back to jail. Yeah. <laughs> so let me, I, I want to I hear about your case because you did all that fucking work. Um, <laughs> but I, I just wanted to like set those two examples um, mm-hmm. next to another case that I was reading about uh, of a guy named uh, Craig Price. Mm. Have you heard of him? No. Yeah, I hadn't heard of him either. Uh, This was in Rhode Island. So he was born in 1974. Uh, The date of his murders were 1987 to 1989. Murders. Murders. Yeah, he killed four. So he's a serial killer. He is. So the first murder (laughs) was uh, Rebecca Spencer. So he committed his first murder um, in 1987 when he was 13 years old. And his victim was uh, Rebecca Spencer's twenty-seven-year-old woman who lived in the neighborhood. Yeah. Like this, this was in his neighborhood. Was she um, the same age? No, she no, she was twenty-seven. Okay. She was a twenty-seven-year-old oh, woman. The way that young black men are talked about mm-hmm. in the context of like criminality is generally o- overdone racist trash. His nick, he was nicknamed by the press Iron Man. I will say, that's a big fucking kid. He hit his growth spurt early. Yeah. Yeah, he was okay. a big kid. Price is black. His victim was white, his first one. Mm-hmm. So two years go by. And he, he was known to police. He was known around the neighborhood. Um, he committed burglaries. He smoked pot, did drugs. You okay. know, was was generally a problem kid. How did he commit the first murder? Knives. A lot of fucking All knives. Right. Stabbing. Um, and he was he was pretty sloppy. He left footprints yeah. and, and things like that. But it was, it was two years before everything kind of came crashing down. Because it was a very specific way it was committed. Okay. He said that he broke in to her house to burglarize it. And, um... He had woken her up, and it startled him, and he... But I think he stabbed her about 56 times. Uh, that... That's that, a lot. That's, that seems a that's little, a lot. Uh, calculated. So, <laughs> two years go by, um, and then in 1989, uh, he murders, basically a family, he murders Joan Heaton, who was 39, and her two daughters, uh, Jennifer and Melissa, who were 10 and 8, respectively. Same thing, kitchen knives. And they, they fought him until yeah. the very end. I mean, they died Good. fighting him. He bit the mother. I think he bit one of the daughters. Um, he, he went into a frenzy, and it was because they were fighting him, I think. Mm. You know, it just enraged him, but fuck you. Right. Oh, but fucking hurt. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and he, I, he stabbed his own finger, I believe. Oh. What he, he, he cut his hand in, in, the, in the struggle. So it didn't, and he also, he had taken his shoes off when he went in. So there were bloody sock prints everywhere. So, let's see. He was 15 when he commits these second okay. murders. And because they were so similar yeah. to the Rebecca Spencer one, they were like, this is the same guy. Yeah. And because it was so sloppy, right. they, they caught him pretty quickly. And the quickly. footprints probably mashed up. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, look, I'll, I'll post a picture of this kid. The reason that I bring up his size is that there is a photo of him next to a police officer, like a fully grown man police yeah. officer. And he's like a... F- 
fucking I don't know if the dude was on a curb. I don't I don't know. But that is a big fucking kid. You're okay. not winning that fight is my point. Yeah. Like he just he's big. So they sentenced him. Yeah, Price was arrested a, a month before his 16th birthday and Aww. he he confessed like pretty much immediately. Good. He just very calmly said that he had done it. And he was not very easy to um how should i put it deal with mm-hmm. it's not easy to deal with when he was at trial uh the judge had ordered a psychiatric evaluation now he turned that down he refused to take one yeah um citing that if he felt that if he took a psyche eval it would give them reason to hold him for longer than his 21st they, to allow them to hold him past his 21st birthday okay so when he was convicted uh the initial conviction was five years Really? Five years. For killing four people? Yeah. Now, see, this is... Don't worry. Other people had that reaction. So he was sentenced to five years at the Rhode Island Training School's Youth Correctional Center. And then after that five years, he was supposed to be released and his records would be sealed, which meant that uh, employers, nobody could could look up and find out why he had been incarcerated. I don't like that. Five years is very brief for that kind of um, thing, especially when it was like two years between them and they they were the same like i almost feel worse for eric right now i know know? i I know his was just like an outburst of rage and it was one kid like you killed four people it it's it was sort of like okay so the thing with eric Eric smith he did this once Mm -hmm. and the thing is people don't want him out because what if he does do it again right so craig price did it once and then he did it again Mm -hmm. and um part of the reason was that he he said that um you know the racism he experienced from whites was what was what drove him to do it but but that's bullshit i know I, I know it's complete bullshit i'm sure i know he experienced racism from whites right but also he murdered four people in their homes he broke right. in there to go yeah. get them right uh so that that doesn't work for me on this no. this one does not work for this me this wasn't just like you saw some white person on the street and decided you yeah you didn't have a white person house. in your in your face or like blo- or, yeah. or who was like torment you know mm-hmm. you broke into somebody's home and you murdered them absolutely um he was also he the first murder he had been um a peeping tom oh, which great. and we see that a lot like yeah. young men that that like to look at women in the dark mm-hmm. through their windows tend to escalate their behavior right so there was that so he doesn't want to take a psyche valve, mm-hmm. probably because they find out he was a little bit fucked up. Right. And he does not have a great, uh, <laughs> a, a great, great outlook. Yeah. So he refuses and refuses and refuses to the point that he's starting to be threatened with uh, being in contempt of court. His release date is coming up. Like, it's rapidly approaching. And the family members of the slain mm-hmm. and uh, a, one of the detectives were like, no. Like, no, because he was also saying like he was when he got out, he was going to like make history and like be more specific. Like, I'm going to make history by making beautiful topiary. Right. I'm going to make history. What do you mean? Make history? Yeah. What do you because, you know, Timothy man who killed four people. in Yeah. Five years for history. Yeah. He's already made history. We're talking about him right now. But, you know, I mean, when when he says that and doesn't specify, it's sort of like like Timothy McVeigh type of history. Like, give me. are you talking about because there's layers yeah there's layers to this again he committed these murders pretty young Mm -hmm. and like we both know there you cannot divorce race from anything in this country it's too deeply ingrained still 
stabbed a bunch of people to death with kitchen knives. Fifty times, like it, what, a lot. I, what episode a was lot. it where you're like after ten? And I'm, I, <laughs> I know after ten, I feel like it's done. They managed to. They formed a, an organization called Corp, which was uh, citizens for the or against the release of Craig Price. That's not. Oh. That's not what the um, anagram is. But anyway, okay. but these people got together and they they actually changed uh, the laws on oh, wow. juvenile detention to keep him in prison. So he's been in prison for about twenty six years now, on on extra charges. Yeah. So they managed to keep him in prison for one more year on the contempt charge. Now, because he's got such a bad fucking temper and a shit attitude, mm-hmm. he keeps getting in trouble in jail. Keep him in there, then. That's <laughs> the thing is he's keep, he he keeps saying that you know uh, there's a conspiracy to to keep a black man in jail, but he has made an awful lot of shivs. It's like it's not even that, dude. It's the fact that you can't even on this crap. one. You're the bad example. You're the bad example. Yeah. Stop doing fucked up shit, and then maybe you might get released. Yeah, because and I'm I'm wondering if he just he just lost his temper because he when he was in the uh the the boys reformed school like the the technical yeah you know center. Which I'm sure wasn't fucking great, but he was on his best behavior. Interesting. He, he he was not he was not violent. He didn't start fights. He wasn't you know yeah. pain in the ass. He did that fine. But when then when he went to uh, court for the contempt hearing, when he lost, he launched a diatribe in front of the judge, which is really not the way you're going to win your shit. You got to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Um. Had you had just I don't, gotten your fucking psych evaluation and shut the fuck up. Well, they thought they were going to keep him in a mental institution for yeah. longer, which I, you should probably be in one, sweetheart. Right. I, I think that's a good place for you to be. Guess what? It's also probably going to be better than, than where jail. you are now. <laughs> well, he didn't expect to go to jail. It was a problem. Yeah. Was he rolled the dice on that one and really came up snake eyes. I don't know what happens when you gamble like that. Um, and he's, he's still, he still wants to get out. He goes into parole, but I mean, they... Well, he he just and see this, that kind of case. I'm totally fine with keeping. And this here. one, I'm no. You you got to yeah. stay in there. Like we can't trust you outside. Yeah. You can't be a cocky son of a bitch like that. Well, the most recent. So I I was looking up. You know where these people were now. Like had they won appeals? Right. Was what was going on? Was there new evidence? Um, so just this year, 2017, he uh he was incarcerated in Rhode Island for a while, but he's been transferred to Florida. Mm. So fuck, what a nightmare. Gross. Um, he uh cool. <laughs> yeah he's he's just recently pled not guilty to uh attempted murder on another inmate oh so i think yeah. that i think that guy is just gonna get in his own way and yeah. he's not gonna get to leave jail i i have a f- this is again just just if i was the omniscient god king i, I think that guy probably would have done this shit again I think so. I think he Absolutely. just. I think he just wanted to murder women. I think so. I think that was the the preeminent thought there was yeah. murder women. Yeah. So. Um. Anyway, that was my 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 trifecta, trifecta. that I really 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 wanted to Kid get into. Kid trifecta. All right. Uh. So the reason that I wanted to talk about this was one that I distinctly remember seeing and hearing about at one point, and it was in. Uh, 1993 in the UK. 1993 had some bad fucking shit yeah, happen dude, to the kids. The 90s kind of fucked for kids. Uh, so this was the murder of James Bulger. Mm-hmm. So he was he was at a shopping center with his mom, which was in it was called the New Strand Shopping Center in Boodle. I'm gonna say that wrong. Boodle? It might be Bottle, but you know English vowels. But do it with an English voice. <laughs> <laughs> do it with an American voice. Uh, it's just outside of Liverpool. 
Okay. So it's kind of like a offset sub. Oh, oh, right off the I-80. Yeah, I got yeah. that. <laughs> uh, so they were shopping in the shopping center. So it's like one of those shopping centers that it's not like a mall per se. It's kind of like the shopping centers that have like the butcher and a restaurant yeah. and things like that. So his mom was at the butcher with him when Robert Thompson and John Venables came in. They were both 10 years old and abducted him out of the store. Wait, wait, wait. Those These two boys were 10? These boys were 10. James was three. Woof. They somehow lured him out of the store mm-hmm. with them while the mom was not looking. Yeah. There was surveillance of these boys taking him out of the store. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching that. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. definitely see these boys taking him out of the store. But there's also surveillance of both of, of John and Robert stealing things out of the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stole a troll doll. They stole some batteries. They stole blue paint. They stole... What else did they steal? Kid shit, sounds Kid like. Kid shit, just, just various trinkets. items. Um, the blue, blue paint and the batteries come into play later. Mm-hmm. But they even found surveillance footage of them trying to lure a two-year-old child ah. away. And the mom was kind of like... What Who the, the fuck, fuck are, are you? you? Yeah. <laughs> their their plan basically that day was to abduct whatever child they could mm-hmm. and push them into oncoming traffic. Okay. And my note next to that was what the actual fuck? <laughs> what 10-year-old? Yeah. Like you're not even in that awkward stage quite yet. You're like right before preteen. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was still playing with Barbie dolls at 10. Even some of the, like, really fucked up people that we mm-hmm. cover are at least just, like, wetting the bed at this stage. Yeah, yeah. So it was inside the butcher shop in the shopping center that James and um, his mom got distracted and realized her son had disappeared. Uh, they approached him by taking the hand and leading him out of the shopping center. They were just like, hey, I have a toy. Come with me. Yeah. Which sucks. It sounds like James was a really nice kid and he was just happy all the I know. time. So they took him on a 2.5 mile walk across Liverpool. That's a long walk. For a three? With a three year old? With a three year old. They ended up by, they went from Liverpool to Leeds, which I think is north or maybe south. I can't remember the map. I think Leeds is pretty north. Yeah. I think. So they went from there and they were over by the Liverpool Canal. And and at some point they had like picked him up Mm -hmm. and like dropped him on his head. So while they're doing this 2.5 mile walk that happened and at one point James was crying and they were walking along and crying, they passed by 38 people that day. Holy shit. From the shopping center to Leeds. Oh no. 38 people. Out of the 38, two people stopped them and questioned them on why they had this small child with them. Was, I'm assuming that if he fell, was he bleeding? He was bleeding. He had a, well, he, I'm sorry, he, was, he wasn't bleeding. He had a big bump on his head, like yeah. a bump. Um, and he was crying and distraught. Uh, they lied to one person saying that the kid was lost and they were taking him to the police station. Mm-hmm. And then they lied to the second person saying it was their little brother and they were taking him home. Yeah, because the, the brother thing, I can see somebody buying that. If, if I hear, oh, mm-hmm. he's lost and we're taking him home, I'm taking control yeah. of that situation. But you other 36... 
that just but, fucking let them walk by. But Kayla, how often do you see a group of children and one is upset? Kids get upset. No, I, I don't know. I don't do know you if stop? I see that often. Do you stop? I don't know. Sometimes I have a mama bear instinct. And if there's no adult around, I'll at least go over and ask, like, where the fuck is your adult? Now, at, you at the age I am now, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because partially we do this with a lot of our mm-hmm. time. And now I'm, you know, hyper vigilant. Yeah. When I was in my 20s, and I'm extremely awkward around children anyway. I'm always right. a little bit paranoid they're going to get hurt <laughs> while I'm watching. So I'm, I'm like laser focused uh, on your kids. And because I'm like looking concerned and frowning and staring at children, they probably think I'm the one that's going to take them. <laughs> when I'm just like, I, what if they fall and they crack their heads and I, I could have stopped it and, I, I, and then I have to live with it forever. And then I take, you know, two more Zoloft and it doesn't do fucking anything. I'm just thinking about that situation. Like, why would... And also, it was 1993. You got to figure it wasn't... Yeah like how often did that happen right i mean i mary I bell guess, was extremely famous but that was still that was a couple decades i before. think i just personally for me i still i've always had that just mama bear instinct yeah um i mean there's been a couple of times where i've seen a child and they're crying and they look like they're lost and i you know i keep my respectable distance i say hey are you looking yeah. for your mom or your dad and they'll be like yes i'm like okay well, let's go over here where we can see a little better. Mm-hmm. My name's Kayla. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. I try to build a rapport, but still make them feel safe. You and also keep, keep my them, distance. You keep them in public, you know I mean? too. Yeah, like, you're not absolutely. trying. I'm not going to pull them into a, like, Get another alley, adult involved. You know, and, and most of the time when that happens to me, their parents are literally right around the corner. Oh, yeah, but the kid panics. Uh-huh. And, I did that in a panicked. Disney store once, and yeah. I still remember the embarrassment. Right, and I just had, like, I'll stand right here until your mom and dad yeah. comes back. I'll make sure that you're okay. I'll, and, like, nowadays, I can be like, do you know your parents' phone number? Do you want yeah. to use my phone? But, yeah, I I, I mean, I think now some you can people just get don't your... have that, yeah. and they just walk on by, and they, don't, they ignore it. That's, yeah. I get that. But I myself, if I saw a three-year-old kid, especially with a big bump on his head, mm-hmm. and he was crying, like he yeah, needs he, some that's sort why of I was, attention. That's why I was wondering because if he hit his head, like if you, you know, like we've all split our head right. open at least once. Jesus right. Christ, this bleed like the well, Dickens. And it, too, like when when the trial came along, they they realized that he kind of took to one of the other boys in the uh, instead and like would hold his hand mm-hmm. and you know and let him carry him and stuff like that. Yeah, because see, and that that just looks like you've got a, a tired right. you know little boy. Spoiler alert for you guys, here's where it gets really fucked up, and you can skip forward if mm-hmm. you want to. So they ended up 2.5 miles away. They were at the village of Walton. The police station is right across the fucking street. No. Yeah. So they hesitated a little bit, mm-hmm. and then they let uh, they led him up to a st- steep bank by the railway, like where the train tracks were, mm-hmm. and... That's basically around the train tracks where they began to torture him. Mm -hmm. So they had the blue paint that they had stolen earlier. They decided to take the blue paint and throw it in his eye. Okay. And then... Mean and fun. Yeah, they pushed him down and started to kick and stomp him. Yeah. They also picked up bricks and they threw bricks at him. Mm -hmm. And bricks and stone. Chunks. Whatever they could basically find around them. They had the batteries that they had stolen. They Mm -hmm. placed them in his mouth. Uh, A lot of... uh, A lot of people that I kind of, like, chatted with that, like, I was talking about this case, Mm -hmm. they were like, oh my gosh, didn't they put the batteries in his rectum? I read that. They did not. The police suspected it when they found the batteries in his mouth, Mm -hmm. but upon examination of the body and everything, that did not happen. Okay. Was this was this after he had he had been killed or was it at least unconscious? Um, I believe so. It, I mean, they were kicking and stomping and throwing mm-hmm. bricks, and then they were you know doing that. It gets worse. <laughs> uh, 
they found Oh god, a, it does? Wait, I can see <laughs> I, I remembered something with batteries. But. On top of that, they found a twenty-two pound also to me, I'm wondering like how do two ten year olds pick up a twenty-two pound iron bar? Mm-hmm. So they pick this bar up and basically start beating him with the bar. Oh my god. Three years old. Yeah. So he had ten fractures to his skull, forty-two injuries in total. The pathologist couldn't determine like which was what the actually fatal blow. the final thing. A lot of that too. I'll get to it in a second because <laughs> his body was mm-hmm. mutilated pretty yeah. much. What the boys did after all of that, after they hit him and stuff like that, thankfully, he. I'm pretty sure at this point he's dead. Mm-hmm. They laid him across the tracks in hopes that a train would come by and they like people would just assume he got hit by the train. Like yeah, he wandered away, got hit by the train. What happened? was a train did come along mm-hmm. and it basically severed his body in half. Yeah. They, uh, before they did that though, they weighted his head down and stuff like that with rubble. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't get back up if he wasn't. Oh dead. my God. Yeah. So then they left the scene. His body was cut in half by the train and he was discovered two days later. Yeah. Um, the one thing that is nice about this case, everything happens fucking quickly after yeah. they find this kid. There's, there's not that, like, you know, two-year gap, like, with Price, where people were just like, what fucking yes. happened? Pathologists did say that he did die before the train severed his body in yeah. half. So, so the police quickly found a low resolution of mm-hmm. the surveillance cameras, because that's what the mom did, was, hey, check these fucking cameras. Yeah, well, and in I, I don't know exactly what it was like in 1993, but I know that now, like, the, the CCTV right. is everywhere in the UK. Yeah, like, yeah. they they can really get video. Yes, they can. And, you know, they can zoom in, zoom out. It's yeah. deaf. It's, it's, this is 1993. It looks like that junky-ass recorder your Oh, yeah, it looks like had. shit. But, no, the, the English really have cameras on their public streets. Right. I'm kind of amazed. So, at first, they, they determined that these two boys, these unidentified boys, kidnapped her son. So, so there they, was a rep- there was a report somebody like mentioned like when the question started happening mm-hmm. one of those thirty eight people was like oh shit yeah 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 both of the families of the boys were detained for questioning but then had to got released and also had to flee the the town that they lived in the family well yeah because they got tons of death threats oh uh, yeah I couldn't find anything. And there might be something somewhere, but I couldn't find anything on like how these, if these boys had grown up and had some sort of wrong happen to them. And that's what I was wondering is that, you know, with, with Smith, there was the bullying with, uh, Bell, there was the sexual abuse with Price. There was, I I think it was just a a little bit of a turbulent thing. And, and also he was a young black man. That's extremely stressful. Yeah. Um, so the breakthrough came when a woman, was looking at the enhanced versions of the video Mm. on the news and everything and recognized uh, Vendels Mm -hmm. in the video. And so she came forward and was like, pretty sure these are the kids. And they were arrested like that. Mm -hmm. They went on, they were charged eight days after the killing. This is how fast this happened. Wow. Eight days after the, after the killing. Eight eight days for charges. They found James's body two days after he died. And eight days after that, or I guess, would be six days after he died, they were arrested. 500 people were gathered outside of the courthouse initially where all these trials mm-hmm. were happening and like signs up and protesting and stuff like that. So they ended up not releasing their names mm-hmm. for a long, long time during the trial because yeah. of all these death threats happening and things like that. 
at the end of the trial, the judge did release their name. Mm-hmm. And they did get tried as adults because of the severity of Really, the at the age of 10, too. Mm-hmm. They ended up having to... They got incarcerated two two different locations. Mm-hmm. And I think it was for like eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how the system works over there. Yeah. I don't know if you can appeal or anything like it's, that. It's so labyrinthine. Like, I mean, and it's... it's <clears throat> I feel talked about a little bit more with, you know, the, the spate of Netflix documentaries coming yeah. out about confessions and the way that the, the court systems work. Yeah. How how particular all that is right um but they did get they did get tried for murder abduction and attempted murder for Mm -hmm. the two-year-old that they found um oh really they brought him up on that right i'm surprised they didn't even try to bring up the charges of theft as well yeah try and do everything just just every single one um the boys were considered by the courts to be capable of capable of mischievous what what's the bullshit term for being a little monster uh, the ability to act with a criminal intent. Um, basically, Wait. they were matured enough to know what, what they were doing what's wrong. The, what was the word? D-I-S-C-R-E-P-I-O-N. Discretion? Discretion? Discretion. Criminal discretion? Maybe I typed discretion wrong. Okay. <laughs> I, sometimes I'll, I'll um, copy-paste something and it'll auto-correct So, they took the two boys in, separated them in rooms, and did a lot of video interviews mm-hmm. with them. So they didn't actually interview them in court. They played a lot of these videos and the playback from them. They had a lot of evidence against them as well. They had, Mm -hmm. they had their surveillance videos with the evidence of them stealing the batteries and the blue paint. The blue paint was also on their shoes. They determined that that was the same blue paint. They also determined that the type of shoe that one of the boys was wearing was a kick imprint Mm -hmm. on James's face. Um, they got found guilty on November 24th. This all happened in the same month. Yeah. They got convicted November 24th, 1993, becoming the youngest convicted murderers in the 20th century. Uh, and then it says, sentenced to be detained at Her Majesty's pleasure with a recognition, a recommendation that they should be kept in custody for a minimum of eight years. Okay. So I'm assuming... That unless there is, it's sort of like a presidential pardon, you know? Yeah. Un- unless it goes up that high, they stay where they are. And they were saying that, um, not Thompson, but the other kid, Ben Bowles, what is his first name? John. Yeah. John was kind of more of the the leader of the two, mm-hmm. and that's who James felt more comfortable with. Yeah. He was the, he was the Mary Bell, and the other kid was the normal. Absolutely. Bell. Yes, yes. Um, so once they got out... They had to get their names changed and everything mm-hmm. like that. But there was. So, a... were they released? When were they released? Eight years later? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Lawrence, <laughs> Lawrence Lee, who was the solicitor of Venables during the, um, during the trial, later declared that. I'm sorry. I think I got Thompson and Venables confused. <clears throat> yeah, I thought Venables was I actually think, the slightly shyer one. I think one. Thompson, Thompson was, the, the, was the more nicer one. But Venables gets in trouble later. Uh, but that Thompson was one of the most frightening children he had ever seen. He compared Thompson to the Pied Piper. Oh, shit. Yeah. There's a lot of legal things that happen in between, like, their imprisonment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of appealing and all this stuff that I don't understand. So I feel like maybe they were in prison for a little longer. But in March of 2010, um, John Venables mm-hmm. got incarcerated again 
because they found child pornography on his computer. Oh, fucking A. Right. So he served some time then. I think he got out. But in 2011, I'm sorry, 2017, he just got in trouble again. Again? Like just this year? For the same fucking thing. Child porn (laughs) on his fucking computer. You you know, keep that motherfucker locked up. Yeah, like he doesn't... Fuck you. I know. I know that there's a lot of criticism. Like the three strikes rule in some states right. for, for like drug use and mm-hmm. stuff, which is, is bullshit. And it's mostly just racist. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's American shit nonsense. Mm-hmm. I do think though that there are cases where it's like you get one more chance right. on certain crime. Like, okay, you committed a murder, but you're 10. Okay. You get one chance. Right. You do anything on toward, right. especially child pornography, you idiot. Yeah. That's it. You go That's to jail. Fucking then. it. You don't get to be with Absolutely the rest of not. us. I don't know when in 2017 they just said 2017. I'm sorry. <laughs> Something about November. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was. Oh, was it November? It was the 23rd. Oh, so almost, shit. you know, the anniversary of when they he first got imprisoned of 2017 reported that Venables had again been recalled to prison for possession of child abuse imagery. Oh my god. The Ministry of Justice declined to comment on the reports. Because I didn't know that... So, that, real recently. Yeah. I knew that one of them had gone back to... Pre- one mm. of them has kept his head down and is Maybe not... Maybe he just really hates Thanksgiving now. <laughs> he doesn't even have an excuse. He's English! Yeah, he doesn't have English. Thanksgiving! They like to ignore that one. Yeah. That's something about a war. Thompson, uh, on the other hand, I, I couldn't find any more stuff about him. I, I think like, I think yeah. he stayed yeah. out. He Even though he was the more terrifying one. That was the one that got called the Pied Piper. I would imagine that being in jail, it, it just depends on what happens right. there. It but... also makes me question, like, I wonder if they had abused each other in some way, too. Like, if, you know, they like fought each other yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Or, but there's, there's or nothing... bullied other kids. or I couldn't find anything on, like, if, how they were in school or anything like that. Yeah, because that was my question is, like, what... There, somebody had to have looked into their backgrounds. Right. Like some, I mean, when when have. when crimes like this happen, people go looking for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's human to want right. to understand something like this. Yeah. Well, they um, James's parents ended up getting a divorce. Oh, uh, you would. And his mom ended up having two other kids with her new husband, and his dad had three daughters with his new wife. Mm-hmm. But they. St- they still they still try and do some stuff to try and make sure that shit like this doesn't happen again. Yeah. But it 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 hurt me so much to read about this. Like just reading about him and how he died and just thinking about how these are these are 10-year-old boys. Yeah. Like go fucking play outside. I don't know. I don't know. It it just and the fact that like you just kept going and going. Yeah, I with don't. This tiny, tiny human, like. Yeah, I don't. It. It's just so, so young. It's so. It's young. so early. It's so young. And and I, and to not and to not know like with Mary Bell, and Eric Smith and Craig Price, I see. Yeah. Now it doesn't make it right. This was this was not okay. But I see how in their internal logic they could become that violent. Right. Right. And Price a little less. So I think he was just being a little bastard, but, (laughs) but yeah, I, uh, I, I just remember that one sticking out. Yeah. So much to me. 
and it just being a horrible thing. And this, that poor little boy. Yeah. Who didn't know any better and went on. I mean, like you, like I said before, like your parents tell you not to talk to strangers, but your parents don't tell you to not talk to other kids. Yeah. Your parents typically encourage you to talk to other exactly. kids. Exactly. You need that social interaction, but you don't know if they're going to be like that or not. And it's it's crazy that like you would have to even consider it. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's and it is so rare. Right. It is so rare. Right. Um, some of the ones that I was reading about, which I I don't, I didn't really take notes on these. I was looking more for yeah. for kids that that it seemed to be odder situations because there have been a lot of um, cases, and and this has happened forever Mm -hmm. is you'll have young children especially in their teens like there was recently fuck i don't remember her last name but a a young lady named brisha who had um killed her father or her stepfather i believe she shot him um and she was in jail for the murder because they're they're saying it's premeditated and stuff Mm -hmm. he was abusing the shit out of her and her mother and i think her siblings too yeah she she killed him because there was no other recourse Yeah. yeah um there were two there took was one for the team. So she she kind of did. She kind of yeah. did. I mean, it, it wasn't just her. I yeah. think she was she was protecting her other family members because they couldn't get this guy. I mean, a lot of like male abusers don't. They won't go away. They don't leave. No. They don't care about a restraining order. No. It's it's the it's too complex, and that's why like women will end up in jail for murdering their abusive husbands because they say like poisoned him or shot him while he was asleep. Mm-hmm. She's not gonna tangle with him while he's awake and alert that's not a fair fight it's never been a fair fight yeah that bitch went to win yes a couple of siblings that they shot their stepmother um the girl was 12 and the boy was i believe about 14 or 15 and i'm actually this one kind of sort of worked out in at least what i think is kind of a just way right compared I mean, I, I, I could use the word happy ending here and comparatively to everything else we've talked about, I would be right, even though it's like the worst thing. <laughs> but these siblings, they'd shot their stepmother um, and I think they had planned to kill their father too, but they'd been, they'd been pimped out yeah, by their parents. So again, it was protection and they, they were in jail, I think, for probably, I think, under 10 years. The, uh, the brother just got out and the sister... I think followed him shortly after, but they've, they've gone on to, to live their lives. And when they were released, I, I think the only thing that was really said at their hearing was like, I hope that you have a better life now. Yeah. Because that like, it was indisputable that they were being abused like that. Well, and it was like that one story, was it in Reno? It was in a, inside of a casino. Uh-huh. And the parents let the little girl just kind of like roam around and she had to been like eight or nine. And these two teenage boys yeah. lured her into a bathroom. I cannot remember their names. Like I re- I know like the case you're talking there. about. Yeah. We ought to just do one on that. I know we really, really should. But it, it's, it's shit like that that interests me and also confuses me at the same yeah. time. Like kids care- killing their parents. Like you, you I don't want to say it's Wait. not justifiable but yes. it's something that you you can wrap your head around well it's like you can get into them because we all remember being fucking right. incandescently enraged at our parents but at it's some point. kids who do like these malicious acts of violence yeah that are you know traits of serial killers like if you stab yeah. someone 50 fucking times there's something going on yeah because it's not self-defense it's 
not like an accident. That is intent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's malicious intent. When you go to an area to do something like that, mm-hmm. you I, no, there's no fucking insanity plan. Yeah. There's just none. Like y- you you plan to do that. You went out there to do that. Okay. Jesse Pomeroy. He already sounds like a dick. Don't say <laughs> Jesse Pomeroy fell out of the womb looking like a Bond villain. <laughs> Did he have a scar down his face, like right he, over his no, eye? It's worse. He had <laughs> a hair lip. Oh, honey. Not good. But that's 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 not anything in comparison to the one milky eye oh. that had no iris or pupil it yeah. was just a, just a white orb oh honey in his fucking head he also he had the, the low set ears he was sort of big and gangly he had a, he had a big head he was not he he unfortunately like there was some sort of like wire crossed on movie magic and like infant child um I'm gonna look at the picture right now. There's there's one etching uh, from a newspaper that was shortly. It was during his trial, his his second trial. Is it this one? Yes. It so, looks kind of like the blurry eye goes inward just a little. It's too. not good. It's not good. He's not <laughs> it's, starting out it would on be a winning one of those ticket. conversations where you have to kind of guess if he's looking at you or not. <laughs> yeah, um. So like that. That's not great. His uh, mother said that it was because of a smallpox vaccine. Sure. Um, but th- like, but I mean, there's a, that the human body can just betray you. Oh, at any that moment. vaccine debate. <laughs> well, this. Oh, I I didn't tell you the date of this either. So, uh, this he was born. Uh, so he was born in uh, 1859. Um, and he really he really got going early. Like I said, on the looks count, this is a bummer mm-hmm. for him. Um, family count, not great either. His father, Charles, was a terrible alcoholic. And, you know, Boston alcoholic, which I feel like is a special brand of alcoholic. Yeah. Like, there's regional alcoholics, and it's, it varies. When he was young, he and his siblings, his father would just fly into a rage, drag them out to an outhouse, like, out back near the outhouse, and would just beat the living shit out of them. Um, he forced them to strip naked first, so there was that connection of like the nudity right. and the pain and the and the the abuse. So That's that what every kid hopes for. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fuck. A fucking all white eye and a really really bad <laughs> fetish, really bad. Around uh, 1871 and 1872, so this is a period of about a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, several young boys, like much younger children, um, were being enticed to remote areas. And just savagely, savagely attacked by what they could only say was an older boy. Some of these, yeah. I, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into detail about like what specifically happened. Yeah. Once again, visit our Patreon. I'll, I'll put up yeah. links yeah, yeah, yeah. that have the details. Um, but it, it was like taking his father's abuse a step further. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was definitely a sexual element to it. Uh, later on with some of the later uh, uh, attacks, he would, his favorite place to take them was an outhouse in a secluded, you know, kind of rundown part of the city. Uh, and he'd string them up and he would just just beat the living Christ out of them. Um, he would mutilate them. There was one boy he tried to cut off his penis. Uh, and he, he would beat them so badly, these kids really couldn't give a great description. They could right. say that they were taken by an older boy. One boy finally was able to say that 
it was a big kid and he had brown hair. Right. And it was a, it was a boy, which really doesn't narrow things down for the police. Uh, people in the neighborhood, by the way, are not happy because children are going missing big time. Um, okay, so this was when he was he was about like ten. I mean, he mm-hmm. was before the age of fourteen. He's doing this, so he attacks like a number of children. His mother uh, moves them to South Boston, away from the area of Chelsea, and there he kept you know attacking kids. Uh, and eventually he was, he was arrested because one of the children he attacked could actually identify him. Um, he had a narrow escape once though. The one kid knew that, uh, his attacker had a, an eye like a marble. So they went around all the schools in the area and they were looking, but he just, he ducked his head well enough that they missed it. But eventually it it definitely caught up with him. Um, and he was sentenced. What? Uh, yeah, right, right, right. Everybody look in my eyes. Like, look in my look, eyes. Look in my face. Yeah. <laughs> How hard is that? Like, they might as well have just sent a blind policeman in to go check them out at that point. <laughs> a policeman like, with, okay. like, the other eye is, like, a different marble. I don't know. I was, I was trying to formulate some sort of, like, um, sinister When shit. I tried to look up his picture, a picture of his mom pops up. Oh, she was a babe. Good God. She's a babe. Got that 19th century face. Yeah, she she really does. It's that pure leather face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a face that says sensuousness. It's a face that probably could have used some sort of cosmetics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't body shame Ruth. <laughs> Right. No, actually, it's probably a good thing she didn't use them. They probably had a lot of lead in them back then. For re- yeah, Maybe they all had lead in them. them and that's yeah. Like you know how you cured syphilis then? Lead enema. There you go. Basically, she looks older than dirt in this photo, and the look on her face is just like, "Let me die." Yeah, I she's, would like to die now. She's got the look on her face of a woman who is going to be enormously in denial <laughs> as to her son's proclivities because she stands. What? She fucking she. She stands behind him and says he's innocent until she dies. Oh, honey boo. Okay, honey so boo. so he's arrested um, and sent to the state reform school for boys since he was young, um, and he was supposed to stay there until he turned 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Boston Globe covered this story in the last line of the article. It is generally concluded that the boy is mentally deficient. <laughs> so in 1874... The back then. I, I know, I know. Me up. I know. Yeah, oh. go check all the schools. Man, we're fine. I'm. I'm Did gonna tell. Look I'm gonna, in the face. Nah. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna read you something, or I'm gonna tell you about something in a minute that is seriously <laughs> some 19th century fucking nonsense. It is. It is. It is understating the situation to a degree that is hilarious. It is. It is the polar opposite of hyperbole. What they use here. At the age of 14, he is sent back to his mother. Uh, and brother in South Boston, his his mom ran a, uh, a dressmaking shop and his brother sold newspapers out on the street. So his mother was like, just you know, give him back to me. I'll watch him. He'll yeah. work in the shop. He'll help his brother. The dress shops back then were weird. They sold all kinds of weird right. shit. The same year that he was released back, a 10-year-old girl from South Boston named Katie Curran goes missing. And what had happened was it was her first day of school and she had a new teacher she wanted to impress. And she was really excited. So she goes into the shop to buy a notebook. Yeah. And Pomeroy says that he has them stored in the basement where he murders her. Right. And then uh, later that year in the spring on April 22nd, the body of four-year-old Horace Millen was found in the marsh on uh, Dorchester Bay. Now, Katie Curran, they hadn't found her at this point. The, the little boy shows up um, murdered and mutilated. 
in the marsh and the police are immediately like, uh, where's fucking Pomeroy? They didn't have a lot of evidence, uh, but they, they were like, you gotta at least rule him out. Um, they found Katie's body later. It was in the basement of his mother's dress shop. Uh, he had just sort of hastily like concealed her in an ash heap, like around the furnace. And she still stood behind her son. Oh yeah. Yeah, Ruth was Ruth was pretty adamant that he uh he Ruth was not guilty. Crazy. I, I take that back. She doesn't look like uh kill me now. That, those are crazy eyes. <laughs> yeah. Does it say he confessed um, to okay, the second round? See. Uh when Boston police chief Edward Hartwell heard the murder mm. of heard of this last murder of uh Horace. Yeah. He, his first thought was Jesse Pomeroy, but he still thought Pomeroy was it at the reformery. Oh, he didn't know he was released. Right, yeah. So his when his Wee. men told him Jesse was out on probation, he ordered for his immediate arrest. On the beach, the police found footprints left by left by the two boys and were able to make plaster casts of the larger ones. That they those matches matched Jesse's shoes perfectly. Jesse was questioned and confronted with the evidence but refused to confess. Finally, they took him into the funeral parlor to view the body, and he broke down. He admitted that he had killed Horace, and that was something that something made him do it. He was sorry and wanted to leave, and he told the policeman, "Put me somewhere so I can't do such things." Yes. Now he's he's been done, and then and then later they maybe that's the key to all this what? is you have to bring them to see the dead body, and be like, "This is what you did." Well, and do it's you like see this, I, and I think a lot of people that that do things like that. I mean, cause you see it with serial killers where they're, mm. they can be braggadocious right. and weird and, but, but it, and some of them are still like, you've got to put me somewhere. Like I, I mm-hmm. like, they're not having a great, great time. No, he is, they pronounced him guilty, uh, in December and 1874. So, so again, this is pretty fast. Yeah. Um, and they had found Katie's body, um, you know, when they were going through the dress shop and searching and just, just the general wrap up and whatever. He was initially sentenced to uh, death by hanging. And this was in 1875. After he was pronounced guilty in, ni- in 1874, the jury recommended mercy because of his age. Right. But still, he was sentenced to death by hanging. But the governor had to sign the death warrant, you know, because that, that had the, yeah. the head of the state has to mm-hmm. sign off on it. But the governor at the time was uh, William Gaston. He wouldn't do it. The only legal means of sparing Pomeroy's life was through the Massachusetts Governor Council. And only if a simple majority of the night... Goddamn fucking po- politics and law. And, <laughs> and only if a simple major- majority of the nine-member council voted to commute the death penalty. Over the next year and a half, the council voted three times. The first two votes upheld Pomeroy's ex- execution, and both times Governor Gaston refused to sign the death warrant. In August 1876, the council took a third vote anonymously, and Pomeroy's sentence was commuted to life in prison in solitary confinement. It, it was basically, I, I think the governor was like, I will just not do it. He, was like, he, be, he basically put it off until there was some legal solution that satisfied people i guess because he was pretty hinky about putting a 14 year old to death no matter yeah. what he had done and then let's see uh on so the, he just went to jail instead. He, he, he spent his life in jail he spent okay. his life in prison and a lot of it in solitary transferred to the suffolk county jail to or excuse me from 
the Suffolk County Jail to the state prison at Charlestown uh, and began his life in solitary. He was 16 years and nine months old. So he stayed at the Charlestown State Prison. He did a lot of reading, did a lot of studying when he was in jail, wrote poetry and argued with prison officials over his rights to have it published, studied law books and spent decades composing legal challenges to his conviction and right for pardon. So when he wasn't learning Hebrew and uh, becoming passably fluent in German, he was also making uh, what is referred to here as determined attempts to escape. Um, and they kept finding tools and drills and files and all kinds of shit on him. It's like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Um, that he, he he just kept him like in his cell and on his person. He was trying to get get out of it. Uh, Pomeroy lost an eye after attempting to destroy the side of his cell by redirecting a gas pipe. Which so one? I, I don't know. It doesn't say. It doesn't tell you if it's the good one or the bad one. Is it? Is it the dead eye or is it the good eye? Like, I would. You would hope that it was the good one, so it'd be stuck with the shit eye. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's ser- he seriously is a Bond villain to me. He is, he is a, if they put like. He's an 18. If Bond went back in time. Yeah. This is, this is his fucking golden eye, I guess. Or whatever. It's not like I'm a Bond scholar, but yeah. Fucking crazy shit. So he's trying, he keeps trying to escape jail in between composing legal briefs on why he should be pardoned, which I think actually if you try to escape jail, they just give you more jail as punishment. Yeah. Yeah. They just tack on more and more years. Yeah. So, and this, this 1914, uh, psychiatric report, and this was the, the globe had a fucking field day with it. it they quoted it extensively. <laughs> uh, the report claimed that Pomeroy had shown quote, greatest ingenuity and a persistence, which is unprecedented in the history of the prison. You should keep him there. Yeah, I know. Keep his ass there. Uh, in 1917, his sentence was commuted, uh, to the extent that he could like go be in general population. Like he was not, because solitary mm. confinement in prisons is very, very specific. It's not just that you're alone. You don't get like a stack of books. Right. And you, also, this was the 19th. Ex- well, yeah, this is the 19th. Century. Yeah. So, or no, actually, it's the 20th now when this happens. Mm-hmm. But it's still like the early 20th century. Prison. Uh, they were real prison. Gross. Prison reform, not yeah. really a, a thing that was heavy back then. Um, I'm sure solitary was. Way worse than you do now. Here's the fucking icing on this shit cake for me. <laughs> so, he, they, letting him out of solitary was kind of like a, okay, your punishment can be slightly less now. Yeah. Um, and he wouldn't accept it at first because he didn't want anything other than pardon. They're like, you've got to be shitting us. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no. he, he, he readjusted his expectations for the way his life was going to go from that point forward and decided, <laughs> decided that he was, he was going to, uh, he was going to just play ball and sure. be allowed out where he could speak with people and do things. Now what, what he chose to do with this oh. is, uh, he appeared in a minstrel show at the prison. I mean, it, that to me, it's like, it's it's a minor detail in the face of everything else he did, but it's like, no shit, dude. You, you mutilate and murder a bunch of, like, small children yeah. and try to escape where you would definitely do it again, and then you put on blackface, just just so, like, just so, like, he has that finishing touch. Right. In 1929, he was very old, and he was bad health. They sent him to a hospital for the criminally insane, mm-hmm. uh, and he died on September 29th, 1932. Bye. But 
Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, I just, I, I was looking at Wikipedia so that I could get my, uh, you know, my dates correct? Yeah. Have you seen ads for The Alienist? No. I, I've just been seeing it on Twitter because they promote fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think I can never make them stop because I don't have any control over my life. Uh, there is a show called The Alienist that is about, like, from what I understand, it's, it's like an, an, 19th century, uh, like, true crime, like, procedural. Oh. Dakota Fanning is in it. I, okay. I think it's on TNT. It's based off of a novel, but he, uh, the Pomeroy case is covered in it. Oh. I have to check that out, then. Yeah. So, it, it looks interesting. I'll at least, I'll, I'll always give historical detective right. shit a shot. I started and, watching, uh, Peaky Blinders the other day. Oh, Peaky Blinders! Yeah. That is fucking... Because I'm finally finished with the office. It's... <laughs> So you really wanted something that was in a similar vein. Yeah, totally. But, uh, yeah, that was... Yeah, I had to finish off with Jesse Pomeroy, because that was one, I mean... It's a good one. We have... Who covered it? I think it might have been Generation Generation Y uh, that, did the Boston, that did the Boston Boy thing. Oh, yeah. the, uh, <clears throat> the 19th century understatement. The newspapers for a long time were calling him an insidious scape. I think we, you and I would both be scamp? fucking screwed if we lived in that time frame. Did Scamp, Scamp must have meant something much more severe in the 19th century. You would century. think so. Like, I, think it was, I, mean, I mean, my last podcast was called a happy-go-lucky podcast. Yeah. But the blog that I took the title from was a happy-go-lucky Scamp. Yeah. So I, I guess, I guess well, maybe. Well, I think, I think Tramp used to be used in a different context, yeah, too. Yeah, Tramp you know? used to be a lot more, str- I mean, yeah. Back then, swearing was very different. Yeah, I I feel like it was even, um, I don't know, more interesting. Mm-hmm. I even find like uh, swearing in other countries a lot more interesting. I love learning more. about people's either yes. their dialects or their yeah. other language, like ways of cussing at each other. Oh, God, that's I used to sit with the uh, foreign exchange students when I was in high school, <laughs> and it was, you know, it was like Korean student, uh, Colombian, one of my good friends was Colombian, uh, you know, Mexican students in Japan, all these different places. So, of course, we're 16 years old. Yeah. Um, 16 or 17, so we're like, so how do you say, like, the worst thing in your life? <laughs> like, how do you really insult somebody? Like, that was, that was our, the, right. our cultural sharing, um, and that was super, super fun. That's how I had a friend in high school who knew, who was fluent in sign language because both of his parents. Oh, yeah. All the good ones we learned from him, so. (laughs) Aw. Hey, Leia. Yeah? Do you have anything coming up soon? Do I? I actually, Um, I'm going to do a project this year. Yeah. In the new year. Um, where I'm going to write a short story each month. Cool. And I'm gonna put it, uh, I think on Gumroad. Cool. Is where I'll I'll display that. And I just I just logged a, registered my Gumroad account. I gotta get all that shit set up. But, uh, yeah, I was I've been doing like the schedule for it, and I have like, I've I've got all the months listed, and I've got a title for each, and like just a one line synopsis, and I'm going to complete one short story every month. Cool. Until, you know, December. 2018 um and i i I don't know what the quality is going to be it's mostly just going to be like a good exercise to get a few story ideas off my plate probably the editing's not going to be great we'll see if they even read well 
I don't give a shit. Read them or don't. Okay. But that's what I'm. That's one of the things that I'm going to be doing in 2018. So I'll I'll be barking at you about yeah, that. It's looming on us, isn't it? It is. Christmas. I honestly like. Once Christmas is over, I feel like I'll come back to my normal self. But right now, I'm yeah. not. No, it's it's so much extra stress. I, I I had a meltdown the other day where I called David. I'm like, I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out of December. Yeah. I'll do my best. But if, if I am abjectly miserable and I still feel as bad, I can't I do it. I have at least three holiday parties to go to. And I would kind of just want to go to one. I, I would almost that just... that would be our holiday party. Yeah, I know. With, with the people who That's don't... That's the only one I look forward to. I know. Because it's like... You can pass out on the floor. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, exactly. I don't, have our... to, I don't have to dress up. Yes. I don't have... I, I can bring whatever I fucking want to bring to eat or drink. No yeah. one's going to say anything. And I know what you guys like. And we can watch the shit that we all know that we like to watch. No one's going to start a fight for no, no. reason. No. I ju- and I just can't. And, and it's, it's not to say that like the rest of my family or all of the other obligations that we have are like that bad it's just i have gotten that sick and i'm that burnt out <laughs> right it's kind of nice that we do that kind of after all of the other shit because I, it's I feel kind like, of like yeah. a decompression from everything i feel like with most of like like i mean we're all friends but i i just say family because it applies at this point it's like just okay go go spend time with your parents i'll meet you at the bar in like 20 minutes after Absolutely. you're done. So anyway, uh, probably I'm going to assume that the next one that we get you is going to be after Christmas. So yeah, uh, like, have we'll just a good holiday. Yeah, have a great holiday. Uh, don't you know? I don't know. Don't do any of the stuff we talked about today. Yeah, that would be a good option for you. You know what they should do? What they should go and like and comment on our podcast. Oh, wow, really? On iTunes? They should rate and like and comment on iTunes. That's, yeah. That's way better than killing kids. It's a million times. You know, not even a million. I mean, I don't think the number is infinite. That, uh, yeah. It's Priceless. not a quantifiable number. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, please, if, if you would, uh, rate and review us on iTunes. really helps the show just get more, I, I don't know, there's some fucking computer magic. Yeah. And also, it makes my dick hard. It makes me feel it good. Makes, it makes us, it makes feel us feel good. Right. We like to hear what you have to say as well. Uh, you can also listen to us on uh, Google Play and on SoundCloud. Kayla, where are we on social media? We are on Twitter and Instagram at Pod for both. And uh, hopefully at the start of the new year we'll have an email and maybe a Facebook page too. Yeah, we're, this, we're, so. we've been working on some stuff, but, you know, we just, we like to keep it casual. Yeah, like nice I mean, I think, I think 2018 is going to be a real interesting and fun year for us as well. We're going to do some more collaborations. And yep. Yeah, we've got... Some more shit going on. We've, uh, we've got another um, show in the works that Kayla will, will be a part of, but, um, I'll be working with Keelan King, who is a dear, beloved friend of ours, a great musician. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I have been working up something, but I, I don't want to talk about it too much until I've, right. I've got a lot of the pre-production. I'm just going to make fart noises in the background. That's my job. You know, that's actually, uh, that's what I wrote for you. I know. <laughs> Bye.